Hey everybody, welcome to the video. So we're breaking down the Daytona 500 for this weekend over on DraftKings. And if you have no idea at all who I am, my name is Chris Pinnell. I cover daily fantasy sports on my own YouTube channel with the main emphasis on NASCAR DFS. You can also find me on Twitter at ChrisPinnell16. But Sal was nice enough to reach out to me so he can have a NASCAR presence on his channel. And I think Sal is one of the good guys in this industry. So I happily accept it. I'm looking forward to do this each and every single week on Fridays. We're going to take a look at the Daytona 500 from a DFS perspective, also a betting perspective as well. So make sure you leave a like on the video, leave your comments down below, subscribe to the channel, and we'll get into this weekend's video. All right, so before we get into the actual meat and potatoes of this video, I want to give you a little bit of a heads up of what to expect in these videos throughout the season. So here's a bit of a show plan for me. So I'm going to go over some of my favorite cash game picks, some of my favorite tournament picks, and then some of the favorite bets that I have heading into the weekend as of Friday afternoon. Okay, that's pretty much it. So let's get into my favorite cash game picks. All right, so just a little bit of background of how we should approach a Daytona 500 race so these picks make a little bit more sense to you if you are just brand new to NASCAR DFS. So Daytona is a track that produces a ton of wrecks, and that's just the way it works here. These drivers are in tight packs. They're drafting off of each other. We'll see them two wide pretty much the entire race, three wide if things get a little bit crazy. And one bad move, one aggressive block, one rookie mistake, and sort of a chain reaction that takes out nearly half the field. So if we start the drivers in the back, they give us the safest floors and the highest ceilings as well. On most tracks, it matters what kind of equipment you're in, but Daytona, for the most part, it doesn't really matter your equipment. It just matters if you're alive until the end, the last lap. Because if you're good for the last lap, I'm sure that nearly half the field has been wrecked out, and your floor is much, much higher than the guys that are starting up front. So, for example, Alex Bowman, he starts on the pole. That means he's being scored in first place. If he happens to be the first car that wrecks out, he's getting nearly negative 40 DraftKings points. But if you start a guy that's starting let's say 39th or 40th place, and they're the first guy that wrecks out, they're still getting you anywhere from around four to five fantasy points. So let's say they're the first guy that wrecks out, and Alex Bowman happens to wreck at some point, and he finishes 30th. There's still a, still a good chance these guys starting in the back can outscore that guy by nearly 30 fantasy points just because of the place differential floor that you have built yourself with rostering these guys that are starting in the back. Now in tournaments, I don't hate taking chances on guys starting inside the top 10, top 15, but in cash games, you want guys starting further in the back because when there's wrecks, those are the guys that offer you the highest floor. So anyway, getting into it, Denny Hamlin, he comes in at $10,400. He's the most expensive driver on this slate. He's starting back in 25th. It's going to be really hard to get away from him. I know he's not starting in the very, very back, but Denny Hamlin has been the premier driver at Daytona in recent memory. He's actually won the past two Daytona 500s in a row, and he's going for a record straight three this Sunday. And I would not be surprised if it happens once again. He's the favorite over on the DK Sportsbook, and I'll actually be talking about that in a little bit. But yeah, I love Denny Hamlin. Now, you can't project if drivers are going to get in wrecks or not, but Hamlin has been very, very good at avoiding wrecks, keeping his nose clean. And we actually saw last year, for the majority of the race, him and his teammates actually dropped back to the rear of the field and just rode around until things got a little bit serious and they ended up making their push and he won the race in the last lap. He was neck and neck with Ryan Blaney, but that was the strategy for him last year and it tended to work out very, very well for him. But the guy's been absolutely crushing. He's got one of the best average finishes, nearly averaging the most DraftKings points per race here in the past six races. He has two wins, three top fives, averaging the most laps led per race. Now, fast laps, if you're looking for fast laps, those are much more important at other tracks. I'm not too concerned about dominator points. So when I talk about laps led and fast laps, those are much, much more important at non-restrictor plate races because there's not enough dominator points to make it super important here. Yeah, if a guy leads around 90 laps and ends up winning the race, yeah, he's going to more than likely be in the optimal lineup. But fast laps, those are weighted more than laps led. And fast laps are completely random through the field at these types of tracks. So 
If you're worried about fast laps here, completely random at Daytona because these guys are all drafting and really anyone can pick up one <laughs> throughout the race. But yeah, Daytona, uh, Daytona has been very, very kind to Denny Hamlin in recent memory. Just looking at his finishes at Daytona the past six races, he's finished third, first, 26. Again, incidents happen, then first, 38th, he got wrecked out, then third. And looking at the past 10 races overall at both restrictor plate races, which also includes Talladega, he's got the best average finish, the most DraftKings points per race. He's got three wins, six top fives, seven top ten, some of the most laps led in last year at the restrictor plate races. On all four races, he finished inside the top five, had the second best drive rating, had the average finish of 2.3, averaged 60 DraftKings points per race. Those are some insane numbers for a restrictor plate race. So I love Denny Hamlin here. I think it's very likely that he ends up in the optimal lineup as long as he stays out of trouble, which again, you can't project, but I think the likeliness of Denny Hamlin staying clean and finishing inside the top five is pretty high enough where I think he's a fantastic cash game play. All right, so getting into my second favorite cash play, it's a more of a mid-range target here, but it's Eric Jones at 7300 bucks, starting all the way back in 31st. And like I said, we're hunting these guys that are starting near the back. Now, the thing with Eric Jones this season, he switched teams and switched cars, which was a major downgrade. He was one of, on one of the premier teams, Joe Gibbs Racing, in the 20 car has been taken over by Christopher Bell this season. Now he's sliding into Bubba Wallace's old car in the 43 car for Richard Petty Motorsports, and their equipment is definitely not up to par, but it doesn't matter too much at Daytona, and Bubba Wallace actually had a decent history in this car. Now, if we want to look at specifically Bubba Wallace's numbers, he averaged nearly 31 DraftKings points per race, an average finish of 15.3, had two top fives, and looking at his past six finishes at Daytona, 5th place, 15th, 15th, wrecked in 38th, then 14th, and then 2nd in the 2018 Daytona 500. So I think Eric Jones should be able to have a pretty solid day here. And he's actually very good at super speedways. He's a previous winner at Daytona, and overall his numbers are pretty strong. Actually kind of similar numbers to the numbers I just mentioned with Bubba Wallace. So starting all the way back in 31st, I think he's a pretty high floor play, and he also has a pretty high ceiling as well. And I would not be surprised if he found himself inside the top 10, as long as he keeps his nose clean the entire race. All right, so to my final cash game pick, it's more of a cheap option here, but it's Austin Sendrick at $6,100 starting all the way back in 39. So the worst he can do is lose us one spot, which is... Pretty much better than everybody else besides Gralla all the way back in 40th. But I like Austin Center quite a bit here. The price is nice. The floor is very, very high. The ceiling is very high as well. Now, the problem is he is not a full cup on. He's not a full-on cup driver. He's actually in the Xfinity Series. But Penske, who he is affiliated with, did give him a car for the Daytona 500. And if you don't know anything about Team Penske... I love Team Penske at Super Speedway races. They tend to run very, very well. Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Brett Keselowski. You can also kind of throw in Matt Benedetto there. I know he's with Wood Brothers Racing, but it's pretty much a Penske car for the most part. Those guys tend to run very, very well at Daytona, and there's a good chance we'll see a couple of those guys in a few minutes. But Austin Sindrick, I don't think he's going to be quite on their level, but he should have a pretty decent car here. And if he can keep himself clean, not get wrecked out early on, very, very good chance he finds himself inside the top 25 and starting all the way back in 39th. That is a very, very safe play there. Now, I assume the ownership is going to be pretty high, but you're just going to have to eat that and try to get different elsewhere in tournaments. On tournaments, you could always go with the pivot. I think Grawlis should be a little bit lower owned than Cendric if you want to go that way. I like both guys quite a bit, both in cash games, because they really can't lose you many points whatsoever. But Cendric starting all the way back here in 39th, I like that he's on Penske. I think the car should be okay. He did have to race himself in in the in the dual races because he was on an absolute lock to make it in. So I have some decent high hopes here for Austin Cindric, and he should 
not be able to just sink your lineups in this one, even if he does happen to wreck out due to his starting position. All right, so shifting more towards the GPP plays now, Ryan Blaney at $10,000, starting 14th is a guy I absolutely like here a lot in tournaments. Now, I might be a bit biased here. If you guys know me from my own channel, you guys know I love Ryan Blaney. He's my favorite driver, so anytime I can recommend him, I would do that. But I only do it if there's good reason. There's definitely good reason here, because Ryan Blaney, he is a part of Team Penske, him, Joey Logano, Brad he can also kind of throw in MDB, then I guess Austin Centric as well, though he's not going to be up to par with these guys. But Team Pence tend to run very well here. They all have around their best average running positions. Now their average finishes, those can be skewed by being wrecked out. But average running position, that means where they're running just the majority of the entire race. They're usually near the front. So I would not be surprised if we see Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Brett Keselowski, maybe even MDB all team up early on and push their way to the front. We saw that a couple of super speed races last year, and I would not be surprised if it happens again. Ryan Blaney actually almost won this race last year. He finished second. He was like this close to winning with Denny Hamlin on the very last lap. That's when Ryan Newman had that horrific crash, but it was a very action-packed turn four and Blaney I and I thought Blaney actually won because I know the announcer said it was Blaney that won and then it was Denny Hamlin I mean it was a really good ending and hopefully we can have that something like that once again but yeah I like Blaney here starting in 14th this is what makes him a tournament play because he does not start all the way back in say 25th 38th or even 40th starting 14th there's definitely some risk here because if he happens to be one of those guys that wrecks out and finishes around 30th place we're not looking at a very good day whatsoever with Ryan Blaney. So the floor, it's much lower than the other guys that we talked about, but the ceiling is really high as well. Now, obviously, if Denny Hamlin finishes first and Ryan Blaney finishes second, Denny Hamlin was the much better play there because he's starting 11 spots further back, but Blaney should be a top five contender here. He's got a really good history at super speedways, looking at the numbers the past 10 races at plate races. He's averaging 33.6 DraftKings points per race, an average finish inside the top 15, one of the best average running positions, actually the second best average running position, and a driver rating near 90 as well, which I believe is around third best. Two wins, some top fives, plenty of top tens as well. So I like Ryan Blaney quite a bit. He's one of those guys that are kind of in the range where you don't feel too comfortable playing them, so their ownership should be a little bit lower. So if you want to go overweight on those guys just to get different in tournaments, I don't think that's a bad idea whatsoever. All right, so getting into my second favorite GPP play as of right now, it's MDB, Matt Benedetto, Matt Burrito, whatever you want to call the guy. He's a fan favorite, but he's 7,100 bucks starting in 23rd. He's got good equipment. He's in the Wood Brothers racing car. He used to be in much worse equipment. So when you're looking at some of his numbers, I mean, you kind of have to weigh that how it is, although at Daytona, Super Speedways, it kind of nullifies that, but it's still nice to have some top-tier equipment because he's shown the ability to get up front and lead laps, specifically at Daytona before, and I would not be surprised if he teams up with his Penske teammates and Logano, Kislowski, and Blaney early on, and they work their way to the front, and they're a factor for the majority of the race. Now, the problem is MDB can get caught in some wrecks, but his history at Daytona has been pretty solid recently. And Looking at the numbers, he's averaging close to 40 DraftKings points per race, one of the best average finishes of 13.5. That's only 0.2 spots further back than Denny Hamlin the past six races here, and we know he's pretty much the class of the field in recent memory at Daytona. Running position of 13.8, a near 90 driver rating, four top 15s and five top 20s. So I think there's a very strong chance he gets his positive place differential. There is a little bit of risk because he does get caught up in the mess since he is working his way through the field. You know, there's obviously downside because he's not starting in the very back, but that's what makes him a tournament play. He's also averaging close to 10 laps led per race, and he is solid at just overall at super speedways. And looking at the recent finishes for MDB, he's finished 12th, 19th, 8th, 28th, 7th, and 27th. So in the races that he doesn't get into an incident, 
I think there's a very strong chance he could be a top 10 contender here, maybe even a dark horse to win this race. And his price is pretty affordable over on DraftKings, so I think he's a very, very solid mid-range play to kind of balance out your lineups. All right, so the last GPP guy I want to talk about is Chris Buescher here back in 22nd at 6900 bucks, And I don't know what it is with the guy, but he knows how to keep clean and finish the race at Daytona. He only has one recent wreck in recent memory, and the guy has just been flat out phenomenal compared to how his price tag is, and especially in the equipment that he is. He is definitely has been one of the best guys to roster at Daytona in the past few years. Looking at his numbers, he has two top fives, four top tens. His average finish is really close to Denny Hamlin, close to 40 DraftKings points per race. And looking at his specific finishes, the past six races here, ninth last year and third, 17th, 37th, he wrecked in that one, then fifth and fifth. So that's three top fives and also a top 10 in the most recent race. So I like Chris Buescher here quite a bit. Now the starting spot, I don't think he's going to go under owned by any means but I don't think he's going to be as highly owned just because he doesn't have as big of a name and you have guys like Cole Custer, Chase Briscoe, Jamie McMurray, Ryan Newman, Tyler Reddick, Eric Jones priced right around him so I think people will flock towards them a little bit more maybe they do than Chris Busher. And if that's the case, I definitely want to be overweight on Bushy here because the guy just knows how to keep his nose clean and stay alive until the very end, which is the name of the game here at Daytona. So he's in a really good price range, and I think he opens up your lineup quite a bit. And one thing I should mention, do not be afraid to leave salary on the table at Daytona. I was just sifting through their previous optimal lineups here at Daytona the past six races. I found one with $31,000 salary use, which means there's nearly $20,000 left on the table. And most of the time, there's going to be plenty of salary left on the table here at these plate races because these lower end cars tend to outscore these guys that start up front due to the wreck. So, I mean, don't be surprised if you see a winning lineup that consists of guys like Barala, McLeod, Balicki, Gase, Ware, Hoff. It happens. It does happen here. As crazy as that sounds because these guys tend to really outscore the guys that are starting near the front because they are the guys that tend to wreck more because they're being more aggressive. They really want to win the race. These guys know that they don't have really much of a chance to win the race. They just want to get a top 20 finish and call it a success. That's kind of the reasoning behind that. But anyway, Chris Buescher, I like the price. I like where he's starting. I think he has top 10 potential here, and he could be a dark horse to win the race. He's been close a couple of times. He just hasn't been able to finish the job, but I do like Chris Buescher here a ton. All right, so moving on to the betting portion of this video. Some of my favorite guys to use as outright winners based on their odds, and I think the value you can get. Denny Hamlin at plus $800. I realize he is the favorite, but at plus 800 for the guy that's won back-to-back -back races, he has a super fast car. He knows how to just make himself a contender at Daytona and all super speedway races. I mean, the guy was phenomenal last year. An average finish of around second place at all four super speedway races. That is absolutely insane as for how easy it is to get caught up in wrecks. So I guess on one hand, you could think he's due to get caught up in a wreck, but the guy's been flawless. He's going for a record three straight. You can get plus 800s on that for him to win the race. You can also get plus odds for him finishing inside the top three. But if you're going to do that, I think just going all the way to getting a plus 800 odd on him winning the race is probably the best way to go. Then Ryan Blaney here at plus 1,200. I love the Team Penske cars here, but the one I like the most is Ryan Blaney. Again, I might be a bit biased there because I do like Ryan Blaney the most out of all these drivers here, but the guy is great at Super Speedways. He won Talladega last year. He finished second at Daytona right behind Denny Hamlin. Again, like I said, it was neck and neck. It looked like both of those guys were going to win. Denny Hamlin actually ended up edging out Ryan Blaney, but it was very, very close. We know Blaney's going to bring a fast car. He looked good in the duel last night, so I like Ryan Blaney here quite a bit. Plus 1,200 odds, I think it's pretty good for a guy that should contend for a top five finish. And then Bubba Wallace here at plus 1,800. So I'm buying in on the speed that we've seen from Bubba Wallace all weekend. He was super, super fast in qualifying. He's also very, very fast in duel number two, and he was actually very close to winning duel number two, actually turning into turn four 
he had the win locked up, and then Austin Dillon actually ended up making a very, very strong move and ended up passing up Bubba Wallace, so Wallace ended up finishing second. But Bubba has a really fast car, and if you don't know anything about Bubba Wallace, he used to be in the 43 car for Richard Petty Motors- Motorsports last season, which I already mentioned with Eric Jones, but that's much worse equipment. Now he's in the brand-new 23 car for a team that's funded by Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan. He pretty much gets his parts from Joe Gibbs. So this is basically a Joe Gibbs car, and it is very, very fast. And they have a ton of funding, and funding is very, very important in NASCAR because the more money you got, more than likely the faster your car is going to be. And they have they have no shortage of funding whatsoever. So I like Bob Wallace here. I think there's a very, very good chance that he could end up winning this race. He's been good in the 43 car at Daytona. I've already mentioned that earlier when I was looking at his recent finishes when we were talking about Eric Jones. But Bob Wallace, I think he's going to be a major factor here. And I would not be surprised if he competes for the win. It would be also a really good story if he ended up winning the race as well. So Bubba Wallace, I'm buying in on the new team here and the speed that we've seen throughout the week at Daytona. And then to end the video, I want to talk about some of my favorite race matchups that I found on the DraftKings Sportsbook. So number one, I know it's a pretty heavy favorite there, but I really do like Denny Hamlin over Chase Elliott. I'm fully bought in on Denny Hamlin here. If he does not wreck, I think it's very, very likely that he finishes above Chase Elliott. And Chase Elliott's gotten into, into his fair share amount of wrecks at Daytona as well. So if he wrecks out, even easier. But I think just head-to-head, as long as they both stay clean, Denny Hamlin does have the decent amount of edge over Chase Elliott just because of how darn good he has been at Daytona in recent memory. Then Chris Buescher, plus 110 versus Ryan Newman. So both these guys are actually very, very strong at Daytona. But the fact that we can get Chris Buescher at plus odds here, I mean, he's been very good at Daytona. We already talked about that a little bit ago. Ryan Newman's been good as well. He's got an average finish of 12.5 compared to Chris Buescher at 13.5. They both have two top fives recently, both have four top tens, and Ryan Newman actually does have an extra top 15. Chris Buescher is at only four top 15s. He is at five, but their numbers are so similar. I think it's worth taking a bet of Chris Buescher over Ryan Newman at plus odds because I feel like they can be in a very similar spot near the end of the race, and if that's the case, I'll take the guy with the better odds over the guys that's the favorite there. So I'm going to start with Chris Buescher, then Corey LaJoy plus 100 versus Ryan Priest. Now, I actually really like Corey LaJoy at Super Speedways, especially Daytona. This guy, from a DraftKings perspective, Corey LaJoy is an absolute superstar here. He's actually averaging the most DraftKings points per race at Daytona. I know that's not relevant here, but hear me out. So compared to Ryan Priest, Corey LaJoy is an average finish of 17.2. Ryan Priest, an average finish of 24.4. Despite Corey LaJoy having six spots further back running position, but this is due to how Corey LaJoy approaches a plate race. He's the guy and kind of guy that tends to ride around in the back, wait for some wrecks, and then make his presence known at the end of the race and pick up a really strong finish. Also, he's on a new team this year, which is Spire Motorsports, which I know is not the most exciting team in the world, but this season, they're kind of revamping their stuff. They're getting help from Hendrick, which usually brings really, really fast cars to Daytona. If you don't know who's in Hendrick Motorsports, Chase Elliott, the most recent NASCAR champion, Alex Bowman, William Byron, Kyle Larson. Those are some top-tier rides there. Now, I'm not saying Corey Joy is going to be on their level whatsoever, but I don't think the car is going to be that bad. And I think Ryan Priest, he's a guy that tends to get caught up in a lot of wrecks, and he hasn't had the best history here at Daytona. So if Corey Joy can ride around in the back and just get a pick, pick up a good finish and Ryan Priest ends up wrecking out, I like getting plus odds here on Corey LeJoy. And it's pretty much a pick'em, but still, I like the edge that we get with Corey LeJoy here because I do think he should be the favorite in this matchup. So with that being said, guys, I think that's going to conclude the first ever video I've done on Sound's channel. I hope it was helpful, and if it was, make sure you leave a like down below if you want to follow me over on Twitter. It's in the bottom-hand corner of your screen, but it's at ChrisPinnell16. You can also hit me up on YouTube as well. It's just my name if you want to check out my content. I'll be doing my own videos over there. I do live streams. I'm also going to be on the Awesome Live Before Lock on Sundays, right before the race, so if you want to check that out, 
feel free to do that. And I want to thank Sal once again for giving me the opportunity to come on his channel and talk some DFS NASCAR. It was a fun time. I like working with Sal. I think he's a really good guy in the industry. I like what he's doing with his channel, having people come on here and give their own thoughts on other sports that he doesn't, you know, completely hone in on. So I think he's doing a really cool thing over here. So make sure you help support him, leave likes, and check out the other content that he does over here. And if you like my stuff, you can feel free to check out my stuff as well. So I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to stop rambling, and I'll see you guys in the next video.